Vanity's left in the regular season. The Wizards just lost in Utah, 128-124. I'm in Utah in, like, a very nice dining room in yeah. the Jazz's arena. <laughs> uh, the Wizards lost 128-124. Bradley Beal had 34 points, played really well, played 39 minutes. I promise we'll talk about him playing 39 minutes. Donovan Mitchell had 35. He was awesome. Gobert had some insane blocks in this one. It was actually a really fun game. The Wizards played a really fun game against the Suns. They played a really fun game tonight. They have been officially eliminated from the playoffs. They were eliminated on Thursday when the Heat lost. So the mathematics have now borne out what was always inevitable. For a second straight time, you 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 know you take no offense to this. Yeah. Because originally, I was going to have Tony Jones on the first one. <laughs> I was going to have you on the second. And then you had to fill in because Tony couldn't make it on the first one. And now I'm having Andy Larson from the Salt Lake Tribune a second time because Tony Jones of The Athletic, great company, horrible guy, has yeah. bailed again. Just not reliable, right? Like, <laughs> uh, you know, he apparently talked to the editors at, at your lovely institution and, th- and they said, hey, go home after this game. Go home, and, you know, you don't need to write anything. It's fine. This is not a game that uh, uh, many people are going to be interested in. And he took that invitation and ran with it and ran away from you and the podcast Really, it just goes to speak to his character, I think. It's uh, it's unfortunate. I will say this. He did pay up on one of his debts today with Candace Buckner giving him, giving her uh, Benihana lunch that was owed after. Do you, do you know about this bet? I, I, I know that they had a bet, and I know that he had to take her to Benihana. I have no idea what the bet was. The bet was whether or not Troy Brown would be in the Wizards' rotation by midseason. So game 41, 42 rolls around. Troy Brown wasn't in the rotation. And uh, Candace got a $125 lunch today, is from what I understand <laughs> from the two of them that they paid for. So um, we'll give Tony that. Like, he's paid up on one of his debts, but maybe he had to go out and do a second job tonight because he couldn't afford it. I don't know. Um, I love Tony's debts, but the man, the man uh, is flaky. I just, I just like to think... That, you know, he's my teammate at The Athletic. I just like to think he's a just an awful teammate. Yeah. <laughs> just just subpar. Well, I, I think that comes from his basketball game. You too were uh, <laughs> sure. Selfish he's, passer. He says he's a point guard. Selfish passer. But you, yeah, you, yeah. Exactly. You look at it, and he's not talking about his assists after the game. He's talking about how many points he scored or, or whatever shot he hit. Or uh, he would never tell you if he did not hit a shot. But you, you talk to his teammates, and sometimes they're less excited about the way Tony played on the floor, especially on the defensive end. So um, if you haven't already, look up Tony Jones' scouting report on oh YouTube uh, that, because that is a, a must-see video. Tony, we love you, man. There's no <laughs> way he's listening to this. No. I'm just angry because Tony is one of my favorite podcast guests sure. in the NBA. He's great. And I love having him on. And I just these were the two opportunities <laughs> covering the East now, and he's not there. Yeah, you you put together a draft express style uh, scouting report of Tony last last year. Yeah, and and I have to say, it's probably the funniest thing one beat writer has ever done for another <laughs> beat writer. So people should should Google that. Um, let's let's talk about Bradley Beal's minutes for a second sure. because the Wizards got eliminated from the playoffs. Bradley Beal almost didn't play in this game. At least they maintained that. Scott Brooks said at shoot around this morning that Beal might not play tonight. He said they were going to figure it out. Beal said that it's something they have to figure out too. He ends up playing tonight. Beal has said, so Beal has a 156, 158, something like that consecutive games played streak. Okay. 
which he openly takes a lot of pride in, mostly because when he first came into the league, he was labeled as injury prone. Had all those stress fractures in his lower lower extremities and why did I say lower extremities? His legs. <laughs> and and uh, and he takes a lot of pride in the fact that he's turned out his health. He played 77 games a couple years ago. He played all 82 last year. If he wants to, unless something terrible happens, knock on wood, he, he will probably play. He's on track to play all 82 again with five games left. They could rest him. You can argue they should have rested him against Phoenix on the second night of a back-to-back the other night. They could just play him 32 minutes a night, too. Uh, I wonder if he doesn't want to do that because he does want to make all NBA and maybe yeah. he doesn't want to suppress his per game averages too. But, you know, 39 is a lot in a game that doesn't matter for a guy who could be super max eligible, uh, for a guy who, even if he's not, is a 25 year old who you would like to be part of your franchise for a while. And even if you do secretly want to trade him this summer, who you would like for people to desire <laughs> because they think he's going to stay healthy the whole time that you didn't Luol dang him and run him into the ground. Right. I, I, I don't get 39 minutes. Like, you can play him 32. Scott, Scott Brooks called me a millennial tonight because I care too much about minutes. All you millennials <laughs> care so much too about minutes. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I, I get I get what... His, to be honest, like Bradley Beal is the most valuable person in in the Wizards organization, right? I like I, I think that's pretty clear at oh, this yeah. point. And and so kind of I think it's what he decides goes. And but I, I think there's so I, I understand why they're playing him. I understand why they're playing him more than five to ten minutes, kind of a token start. And okay, we're gonna get you out of there, or you know even an Anthony Davis style, you're not gonna play the fourth quarter. You know, like I, I understand that he wants to go for that super max and and all NBA status. And and if I were the Wizards, I'd probably let him because again, he's the most valuable person that you have to to keep happy. Um, but as far as the difference between 38, 39 minutes, and 33 minutes, yeah, it seems pretty clear that, that you should err on the side of caution there when you you haven't made the playoffs. And uh, there's injury worries kind of already coming into the game with a questionable status. And, and that's, you know, that's – I get that as like a, as a, as a baller, he wants to play. Uh, and, and Scotty Brooks, I think – is it fair to say he's an old-school coach in, in that way? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's definitely fair. Um, yeah. Then, you know, then you've kind of had the ingredients for what we saw, you know, nearly 40 minutes tonight. Now, Scott's theory on this – I'll give him credit. People, people totally shoot down this theory. I think a lot of people, when they hear it – and there's more to it. It's not worth totally shooting down. The Wizards very rarely shoot around, and they very rarely practice. They're scheduled to practice tomorrow, which is Saturday. We're recording this Friday night. They're scheduled to practice tomorrow. It'll be their first practice since, I believe, March 14th. Okay. Like two weeks, more than two weeks, 16 days, 15 days, something like that. About two weeks since their previous practice. That's a really long time to go without a practice. Yeah. They had two off days before the Lakers game. They played on Tuesday. They played Saturday. They were off Sunday. They were off Monday. They didn't practice Sunday. They didn't practice Monday. They didn't have shoot-around Tuesday in Los Angeles. They just went right into the game. Brooks openly says, like when we ask him about minutes, he says, we look at the minutes from the outside and we think he's playing so much. He's playing 39 instead of 32 because he played seven extra minutes because it's what we see. What you don't see is he, and he, he's, he's said this 19 times this year. If I play him 32 minutes today, but I have an hour and a half practice tomorrow, and he participates in every practice drill, he's going to be more exhausted than if I play him 39 minutes, 
and then he gets to sleep late tomorrow and just chill all day. Um, I do actually think that's fair. Yeah. I do actually think there's something to that. But my, my rebut to that would be it's not mutually exclusive. Right. You, you don't have to choose 39 and sit him. Or you can, you can do 32 and you can still do your practice schedule when it doesn't matter anymore, you know? And, and to be honest, like, if, if I'm a, a team that's looking to improve, looking in the long term rather than the short term, I want to run as many practices and shoot-arounds as I can. And, and maybe this is just kind of my uh, closeness with Quinn Snyder, but when, when he was kind of coming up as, the, as a jazz coach with a young kind of bad team, uh, non-playoff team, I, you know, he ran a ton of practices, you know, kind of the three-hour practices that the Jazz have gotten this reputation for. But then shoot-arounds were run like practices too. And, you know, there'd be a, a few minutes on who that ninth opponent would be, but a lot of it was shell drills and defense and running, you know, running the scheme and, and learning the things that the Jazz needed to learn to be good on kind of both ends of the floor. And, and I think that are some of the, those are kind of some of the things that you can accomplish. You can start to establish an identity um, and, and maybe maybe the last three weeks of the season are not the time to do that. And, and given you know how many changes there may be in Washington now, it, it's just really hard. But um, to me, you know, maybe you can make a, a, an improvement in Troy Brown's game over the last three weeks through through practices and shootarounds. And you know, I, I think maybe Bobby Portis, if that's someone that you want to keep around long term, you could see uh, what he brings to those kind of situations and, and just kind of grow as as a, as a team and an identity. Um, and, and yeah, maybe not prioritize the games as much. You know, the difference between 32 and 39 minutes may not be a, a big difference for for Bradley Beal, but it might be a big difference for someone like a Troy Brown. So I, I don't know. Like I, I think I, I would want to err on the side of of doing your young players more favors. I uh, I love watching Donovan Mitchell, man. He's like he's so fun to watch. He's so slippery on his way to the basket. There's so many times where he gets by his man. And look, the Wizard centers do this with average guards, let alone all-star caliber players. But Mitchell, how many times tonight did you see he gets by his man, he goes around the screen, it's often Beal guarding him. Beal gets hung up on the screen. Mitchell ends up coming downhill. Bobby Portis is right there waiting for him. And Bobby Portis is not exactly the quickest guy in the world. And Mitchell just Euro steps right by him and gets a totally uncontested layup. And Portis is trying, but there's just nothing he can do when his feet are in quicksand like that. And, like, that was happening over and over. And from a personnel standpoint, there was just nothing the Wizards could do. It it was fun. I mean, the Wizards have no defense. Uh, (laughs) But they're scoring really well. Like, you know, they're a top-five offense, I think, still since – since, like, the beginning of February. The Wizards are or the Jazz? The Wizards. The Jazz are actually top five offensive rating since the All-Star break. That's why yeah. I ask. Um, uh, yeah, Donovan is Donovan's crazy, obviously. Like, I think what puts guys like Bobby Portis in, in quicksand is that he does have so many t- things in his toolbox that you can go to. You know, he's got the right-hand, underhand scoop on either the left or the right side. He's got kind of the floater from anywhere in the paint. Um, even left-hand floater as well. He's got kind of the up-and-under moves that work really well. And then, of course, he can just dunk all over your ass if you want to <laughs> see that, too. Um, and, and so what it does is I think it's kind of like a, a 
major league baseball pitcher with a, a bunch of different pitches that all work really well is you don't know if you're swinging at the, the fastball or the changeup or the slider or whatever. Um, and, and that's you have to give Donovan a lot of credit for having all those kind of things that uh, that you can do. I mean, honestly, I think a lot of it too is his his wingspan's really crazy. So like he can kind of scoop up and finish in, in a way a, a lot of guys can't. I want to talk to Troy Brown before okay. we wrap up. He was good tonight. Yeah. He was like he was good. He played 30 minutes. He had a career high 15 points. How many did he have in the fourth quarter? I don't know. A bunch of them came in the bunch. fourth quarter. <laughs> he was six for nine from the field. He was three for four from three. He shot well. Uh, I think his defense is is progressing. You can see him processing stuff. He's just not processing it quickly enough, mm-hmm. which is how pretty much every single teenager plays defense in the NBA. If you see that he is processing stuff, though, very good sign. Yeah. Even if the speed that he's processing it is way too slow for today. Uh, what I thought was really encouraging was when they played the Jazz two weeks ago, He was it was the worst defensive game I've ever seen him play. And I think the Jazz are one of the toughest teams. In the, they're, they're not one of like the absolute elite offenses in the league. No. They're good offense. But they're not one of the absolute elite offenses in the league. But they're extremely complex. And every player will tell you they're so good at disguising plays and adding a million different wrinkles and reads off of different kinds of plays. Like, and I think rookies really struggle against like the different kinds of complex off-ball screens they set and that kind of stuff. And Troy Brown, about 19 times for every 20 possessions, was following the wrong dude every yeah. time he came around <laughs> to off-ball screen. Joe Ingles took nine wide-open threes in that game. Part of it was Jabari Parker guarding him, like happened again tonight. Mm-hmm. And part of it was Troy Brown just... Losing his guy, just totally getting lost and going to the wrong spot. And he wasn't great defensively tonight, but he was so much better. That's great. That's, like, fantastically encouraging from your 19-year-old who really wasn't in the rotation until a month ago. If I'm the Wizards, like, I'm thinking, all right, this guy can be in the rotation next year. Like he can he can come off the bench and and do some stuff next year. I think that's a fair expectation there, right? Like I mean, I, I think with rookies like a you know like an eighteen nineteen year old Troy Brown, uh, you worry about whether or not he's going to he's going to have anything to build on for his second season, right? And like a performance like this at the end of the season, which uh, you know doesn't matter in in the short term, but it gives him confidence for what what comes next and and shows that you can say okay now. You're right. He only defended well 25% of the game last week. All right, now it's 50%. Now, what are the things that you defended well on uh, this time that you learned from last time? And then, what are, you know, still the things that you need to do in order to get better. And that's, that's yeah, immensely promising. And especially, again, for how young he is, there's still so much more room to grow. That uh, He was always kind of a toolsy kind of guy anyway with, with length and uh, his size for the position. So, um, you know, I, I think there's – there's a chance that he becomes a good player, which, you know, is, is kind of a legitimate worry in the first three months of the year, right? Yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, I think I'm I'm a lot more on the side of he's going to be a, a good NBA player. Good. I'm a lot more on that side now. I think he's – and you get that at 15. You get on a guy and he ends up having a nice career. It's a good pick at 15. Yeah. Like, that's – this is a really good draft. This is a really – there are so many – good players from this draft it's crazy and he's not on the level of the top guys from this draft at all but he's he's good and and the thing for him is he has to learn how to shoot I think the defense is going to be there eventually he's really really smart he is a really smart kid 
And so I think the defense is going to get there. Eventually, all that processing and knowing where to be but knowing where to be too late, it's going to come on time. And eventually he's going to be – he's not a superb athlete or anything like that. So he's not going to be this unbelievable lockdown one-on-one defender. That's not going to happen. But I could easily see him progressing into being like a good team defender and, you know, all those kind of smart, intelligent quirks that, you know, lots of the, the savvy guys have. Like, I could see him being like a Sadoransky-ish okay. type of defender. Um, I If the shooting comes, like it did tonight, you've, you've got something. You've really got something. But the shooting has to come. And he's still far on that. But when he makes the shots like he did tonight... I'm sure they're very excited about that. Yeah, yeah, that's 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 all you want. Um, I'm curious. You said this draft is very good, and I was looking at it from kind of the perspective of, of someone who covers the Jazz. Uh, and that bottom ten gets really iffy. Like mm-hmm. from really, it's Grayson Allen on, uh, and after that, there was there were some iffy picks. And I, I kind of I, I haven't liked what Grayson Allen's brought to the Jazz so far this year, but. Uh, Ooh, something very loud is happening in the hallway. Here's what we're doing. We're closing the door. I'm not even going to edit this out of the podcast. <laughs> this is this is just natural late night arena. Yeah. Um. <laughs> what were we talking about? Oh, the draft. Grayson Allen. Um, so yeah, like, but that's the thing is Grayson Allen's 23, right? Like, so if if Troy Brown's at the same spot as as Grayson Allen is, but is four years younger, there's just so much more room to grow and learn and and time, to be honest, to, uh, to become a better player and, and show what you can do. So um, I, I'm pretty optimistic about it. Yeah, I mean, look, 19-year-olds, even if they become really good, teenagers are almost never good in the NBA. Yeah. Even if they become, like, really good. Like, Kobe Bryant, as a teenager, was playing 15 minutes a game. Yeah. Like, the insinuation, by the way, is not that... He's Kobe Bryant. But my point is, like, like Kevin Garnett did not play his rookie year. You know, like, Tracy McGrady took, like, three years. Troy Brown's not on these guys' levels, which is exactly why the fact that he's having these moments where he puts out, like, he looks like he belongs, that should be really, that should be the really encouraging thing. You know, I, I covered last year, I think a good example, and they're very different players, but last year I covered Terrence Ferguson. Same age at the time. 19-year-old, drafted in a similar position. Thunder took him 21st. And the Thunder handled him very differently from how the Wizards have handled Brown. And that the Wizards were kind of hesitant to give Brown minutes. And then they put him in when they were kind of at a situation where it's like, all right, the season's gone. And people are coming with vacuums. And they're like, the season is gone. We might as well, you know, it's now or never. That's a heavy-duty vacuum. It's impressive. Uh, you know, we do good work here. She's got like a vacuum backpack. <laughs> and so you come. Oh, well, now they're opening the door. <laughs> this is horrible podcasting. So with Ferguson, the Thunder were doing the opposite. A lot of people were were kind of just killing them for playing him so much when he looked like he couldn't and contribute. He wasn't good. Yeah. No, he wasn't good. And you watch him this year. And it's like he's hitting his threes in the high 30s. He is a very good defender. And they're totally different players. But, like, how a dude does when he's 19. And now he's just 20. Yeah. Like, he's still he's seven years him. from his prime. You know, like, how a kid does when he's a teenager is just, like, you have to look so far beyond whatever the heck they're actually doing yeah. 
and see if you can discover what's going on with the process. Agreed. I think we gotta let this nice lady do her <laughs> job and let her vacuum in here before we continue with the okay. podcast. We'll plug your your great work before we go. Yeah, I'm uh, Andy Larson at the Salt Lake Tribune. So follow me at Andy B Larson and uh, please read my work. The salt at sltrib.com is the address. Andy does awesome work, like really great work. You should read his stuff if you're a basketball fan. Subscribe to Wizards After Dark. Five more post-game shows, and I'll let you guys know what we're doing in the offseason. Give us five stars. Leave us a nice review. Uh, we'll let these people clean up. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> and I'll talk to you on Sunday. <laughs>